Hello, my friends. Welcome to the How Are You Living podcast. I am your host, Nathan Chilton. I think we can all agree that life can be hard sometimes, and my hope with these podcasts is to help make it a little bit easier, providing you with information to inspire and empower you to live the life that you want. So the question that I'll ask you is, how are you living? Hi guys, welcome back. This episode is all about breath work and we're going to be going over what it is, what it isn't, how you can start to implement it in your day-to-day life by starting small and not overwhelming yourself. And we'll also be touching upon the effects that breath work has on your autonomic nervous system and a few ways in which that can be measured um, either by yourself at home. There's lots of devices that measure what we call your heart rate variability but I'll also touch upon why I use that and while I'm in practice um, assessing patients because it's a really good indicator to how the autonomic nervous system is functioning and working. So let's start off with um, what breathwork isn't. So moment to moment, we are breathing. That's a bit different to conscious breathwork. So the breathing that we do to keep alive is automatic. It's your body controlling it automatically through part of your your nervous system but conscious breath work when we're taking deep breaths while taking the reins of that automatic process what we are doing is creating balance within the nervous system it's important because when we are doing these deep conscious breaths it activates the parasympathetic part of your nervous system and if you imagine this side of your nervous system being the slowing down, the resting, the digesting, the healing side, is quite important. What I'm going to go over now is a bit about this autonomic nervous system that I've just mentioned. So you've got two branches of this nervous system. You've got the parasympathetic, which I just mentioned. So let's imagine that is the brake in a car. You then have the sympathetic, so that's the accelerator part of the car, also known as the stress response. We need both of these systems, the brake and accelerator, to function, but we need to have a balance more in the favour of the brake, so that parasympathetic nervous system. Because what happens when your foot's on the accelerator too much of the time, you run out of gas, you run out of energy, and we've only got a finite amount of energy at any given moment. So it's important that we are able to take our foot off the accelerator and kind of recharge those batteries. And that's where this balance of that parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system is so important. So I'd just like to say here that it's not bad to have this stress response. Not all stress is bad. What is particularly bad is if you're triggering or firing that stress response too much. So if you look back to when we were cavemen, that stress response would be fired so we could escape from a a saber-toothed tiger or a dinosaur or run to catch food. What would happen then once that stress is removed and the environment's changed is our body would be designed to switch off and activate that parasympathetic nervous system and then all bodily functions would resume to normal. What happens in this day and age is we're still wired the same as we were when we were a caveman or woman. However, the stresses we get whether it be an unexpected MOT, health issue, a pandemic, checking emails first thing in the morning, child being sick, insert the number of stresses that I'm sure you can think of, 
that still fires that stress response. You fire that day in, day out, and your body kind of gets trained to become more sympathetic dominant. So it's easily fired, but also very difficult then to switch off. So what you really need to do is then almost do the opposite and repattern and rewire your nervous system to be more parasympathetic dominant. And the great news is, as I've mentioned in, in previous podcasts, that the nervous system is neuroplastic in property. And basically that's a fancy, fancy few words to say it can adapt. So if you are more stress dominant, you can rewire and go the opposite way, which is that parasympathetic. And this is where breath work is an amazing tool to use because the more you consciously activate that break side of the nervous system, the more that will become your default. And as I mentioned a moment ago, not all stress is bad, but when that stress becomes chronic, it can have a huge implication to, to your body's ability to express health. It disrupts this natural relationship that, that there is between the, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. And when your body is in that stress response, when it doesn't need to be, it makes you more prone to increase inflammation, which we know is a huge driving force for lots of disease in the body. And as I touched upon the the healing side of your body being in that rest digest, so in that state of ease, that's to do with the amount of energy you have. If you're not allowing your body to switch off and activate the slower part of the nervous system in that in that state of ease, you can't heal because you haven't got enough energy that to be distributed around the body. It's it's that energy is ready for you to act upon that stress response or that perceived stress response that your brain and your body thinks you're in. So obviously you're not going to be able to heal from these ailments as well as you should if your body is geared up ready to either fight or run off. And that's because your body's extremely smart. This is your body adapting and having a checklist of what's more important is it more important that i survive and get away from this stress rather than heal say the headache that you've got or the back pain so it's your body doing what it's supposed to do but because we're in an environment especially in this modern age that is too much stress dominant if we're not actively doing something to cultivate a, a better internal environment and what i mean by better is one that is able to switch between the brake and the accelerator nice and smoothly which then will create this balance and create this environment of ease and when your body is in that state it's a lot more adaptable it has more resilience and there are two properties that are extremely important when we are trying to express a higher level of health so getting this balance in this internal environment is extremely important um, extremely important for me as a chiropractor as well because the balance of the autonomic nervous system lets me know how well someone's nervous system is functioning so a tool that we use to measure this balance is what's called the heart rate variability or short hrv it's something that has been known for a long time i think the past two three four years it's probably become a bit more kind of trendy and more mainstream but what that is so the hrv is the variation between each heartbeat and your heartbeat isn't one 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 a steady constant um space of time between each heartbeat 
it varies slightly. So you might have one heartbeat at 1.2 and then the other, the gap between that heartbeat and the other one might be 0.8 and so on. And the, the relevance of this is we're looking to see if there's a high difference between each heartbeat or a low variance between each heartbeat. And the significance of this is, is that if you have a low variance between each heartbeat, so if you were to imagine a wave on a screen, one that was starting to be more flat between each peak, this indicates that your nervous system is more in a stressed environment. And then if you imagine to have a big smooth curve, so a high difference between each peak and trough, this is a nervous system that is more parasympathetic or better balanced between the two. And that's important, as I've mentioned, because in that state, you're better able to to rest and heal. And there's always a natural relationship or interplay between the two, that brake and accelerator. And it's important that we acknowledge that, that stress isn't bad. It is only bad when it is chronic and your stress response is being triggered too much, too often, and for things that aren't really that stressful. And when I mean that stressful, the stressful event is what you perceive it to be. But real stress, which what your body is trying to adapt to, is that life or death stress, that fight or flight. So really, in the grand scheme of everything, there aren't that many things that offer that level of stress. However, your body will perceive it to be a lion or a woolly mammoth. But like most things, the first step to change is being aware of it. So just being aware that your body internally is chopping and changing between this stress response and the rest and digest response it is a great place then to implement tools such as breathwork to help cultivate more of the ease environment. And the more you do that, the more it will become habitual, the more your body will default to that. And yes, we're going to have stressful situations, it's part of life. But when you start to implement things that activate the balance between the two, once that stressful response is gone, so your environment or your external environment has changed, your body then goes back to baseline in that ease, rest, digest, healing state. And the actual event that stresses you out doesn't always have to be external. I'd probably say for a majority of us, our internal environment can cultivate a stress response just by the perception or thinking of an event. So another reason why managing your thoughts is extremely important because it doesn't actually have to be a real event, but it can trigger a very much real stress response. So back to the HRV and as I mentioned, as a chiropractor, it's something that I use um, as it's like a window in to look at someone's nervous system. And as a patient goes through care, it's a really good outcome measure to see if what we're implementing and adding to this patient or person's life, is it having the desired effect that we want? So that's why kind of professionals use it and it's used across the board for many professionals. But it's also something that you can kind of use um, yourself. Um, I know when I was cycling quite a bit, there was a function on the Garmin which measured the heart rate variability. And I think it's also on the Apple Watch. I'm sure it's on many, many other watches. But my point here is, is if things get measured, they get managed. And I think you have to be careful sometimes when managing things or measuring things like this. You don't want to become too obsessive with it. But let me just use an example of why 
I used it while cycling, especially when cycling a lot, um, with the hope that it might benefit or shed some light um, on any activity that you're doing. So when I was cycling quite a lot, so a few times a week, I would want to know how much stress that cycle had had affected my body so say if a long 50 mile cycle for example is going to have more stress on my system um, than maybe uh, a shorter cycle or a shorter very vigorous cycle could actually have more effect than a, a steady five hour cycle so it was just to see what state my body was in after a cycle but the good thing about the the Garmin watch it gave you a time frame of how long you should recover and it shocked me sometimes that I felt good, um, but my watch was telling me to recover um, for 24 hours rather than 12. And that's really important because sometimes you can feel good, but having a outcome measure that you can physically see, it can just help direct you or help sculpt your training plan to better serve you, one, to prevent injury, but just so you can train longer, be more sustainable. So when I used to test my heart rate variability score, if it said, okay, it's moderate today, that's probably not a good idea to go and do sprints on the bike for an hour. Maybe let's just take it easy and do a two-hour endurance cycle. And sometimes when it was really in the red, like high stress, that day I'd probably just do some like yoga or Pilates. So it's a great way of directing you and helping you produce a sustainable training plan really and prevent injury which is what we all want especially if you're big into a sport such as cycling sprinting running so this leads nicely back to why breath work then because breath work can reduce your heart rate and increase that hrv so that is activating the parasympathetic nervous system so the brakes you make a routine of this do it every day you're going to be rewiring that nervous system, especially if it is one that is more stressed, to just get used to having that balance between the brake and the accelerator. And when your internal environment is better balanced, you're going to be able to adapt better to your internal external environment, which is extremely important when expressing health. You need that adaptability. So it's extremely important and one reason why breath work is a staple of my daily routine. So what I'm going to leave you with here is how to start a simple breath work practice. And when you're implementing anything new to your life, especially a new habit, it's better to start off small. Don't overwhelm yourself. And with something like breath work, being consistent is extremely important. It has this accumulative effect. So there are lots and lots of different breathwork techniques there are some more gentle and then there are some that requires more force and effort and energy but just to start just to create this habit i want you to start doing something called box breathing and i want you to do all the inhaling and exhaling through your nose keeping your mouth closed and i want you to breathe in for as close to five seconds as possible. If you can make five seconds, great. And then hold for five seconds and then exhale for five seconds. So in for four or five, you then hold for the same amount of time, exhale for the same amount of time, hold, and then repeat the process. So each inhale, exhale, and hold 
is the same length, so that makes a square shape. Initially, during the holds, you might feel a bit of stress within the system. That's completely normal. With time, repetition, consistency, that will subside. And what we're trying to achieve with this breath is just creating a sense of ease within the body. And you will feel that. What I would recommend is doing it first thing in the morning for five minutes and at least ending the day five minutes. But if you fancy doing it in the middle of the day for a minute or two, it will still benefit. Or even if you're just feeling particularly stressed in that moment, by taking time to consciously control your breath, it will help create that balance, which is what we're trying to achieve. So if breath work isn't something that you're implementing in your daily self-care routine, I would highly recommend it. And I hope that this podcast has inspired you to do so. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe, leave a review and share to your friends and family to help them on their health journey. Your support is very much appreciated and I'm going to leave you with one question. How are you living?